Okay, so we're in uh, quite a famous passage tonight. It's Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. Uh, I've entitled the sermon, Battlefield Forgetfulness. Hopefully you'll know why by the end. But I could have entitled it, The Armour of God, because that's the passage we're in, right? I don't know if any of you have had any uh, reading of The Armour of God or whether, like me, if you flip over to the next slide there, Dylan, uh, I grew up with some sort of poster a bit like this, probably on my wall as a kid. I'm a PK. Um, there's plenty of, if you, if you do a Google search, armour of God, uh, you'll find just hundreds and hundreds of images like this where someone's gone, oh, this is such an epic picture, this is an epic analogy, I'm going write, to write and draw and I'm going to um, break it all down, I'm going to have it all on my wall. As I was reading this passage, I did some reflection on when I've heard it preached, how long I've had stuff on my wall, all the interactions as a kid that I had with this passage, and I thought to myself, you know what, I still don't quite know what influence that's actually had on me. What is the passage actually talking about? Is it just an epic analogy that we go away and uh, forget about? Or is there something around the, the whole analogy of the armour of God that we need to know that Paul is trying to say that we've just dismissed because it's just such a cool analogy. This is a soldier, right? I looked up the message version of this one and it actually said nothing about the armour itself whatsoever. It just said something on the lines of grab everything that God's got for you. And then it listed off like truth, righteousness, you know, salvation, these sorts of things. And I thought to myself, hmm, there could be something in this. Flip over to the next slide. If you go to Kurong and you want to learn about the armor of God, there is a board game for you. Uh, ultimately, it's very important, right, when we, get, we come to passages that are familiar to us, that as we're, as we're looking at them and we're going, what? What do you actually mean to stop, to pause, and to realize that it means something? Like, it's not just cool. It's not just something to go on your wall. This is something to live by. You can play all the board games you want, and I hope that that board game does point to the truth of the passage, but ultimately, it's not about board games. This is life. You need more than a cool picture of a soldier here. We all need more than a cool picture of a soldier here. I'd say... This is the actual issue Paul's addressing in this. Flip over to the next slide. It's don't forget where you are and what's in your hands. Don't forget where you are and what is in your hands. I've got a video to show on the, the next uh, slide. It's not a... Uh, here we go. I'll let you watch this. from the Eels, the storm back line, left and right, ready to go. He goes back to Addo Carr, who's standing there like a statue. Can't fathom what he's looking at. He's staring into space. Smith, Addo Carr, what are they looking at? I reckon it's the scoreboard. Yep, Chemist Warehouse is selling a 48-pack of Codroll day and night tablets for twelve ninety nine. right, that'll do. We've Just given uh, Chemist Warehouse enough free advertising. Um, don't forget where you are. And what's in your hands? The deal with the Christian life is oftentimes we lack perspective. We don't realize where we're standing and we don't realize what we have access to. And so we just go about doing the Christian things, right? I know I'm meant to come to church, so I'll rock up at church. I know I'm meant to read my Bible, so I read my Bible. I know I'm meant to do some praying, so I'll pray. We've got this like list of things that we're meant to do. But the reality is we need to know where we are and what and what we have. The reality of this passage that's about to describe to us is you are in a battle. 
I'm in a battle. If you're a Christian, you're in war. The, the words used here and the analogy of a soldier is not used flippantly. People get their butts kicked in this battle. If you ignore what Paul is going to say out of this passage, you will get your butt kicked in this battle. This is big. So we're going to read it. And I'd ask that when you read it, you don't get lost in the coolness of the, the analogy of a shield and a sword and a helmet and all of these cool things. But that you ask yourself the question, what's Paul trying to actually say? Verse 10 in Ephesians 6, yep. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having, uh, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance and making supplication for all the saints." And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. That's just about the longest sentence in history, the one that I just read then. But let's keep going. Verse 21. So that you may also know how I am and what I'm doing, Tychicus, Tychicus, let's go with Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be with the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. So that's the passage, the armour of God analogy. I must admit to you, there was one time when I was reading through Ephesians, and this passage was so familiar to me, that I read the heading and I moved to the next bit. That ain't good, right? God's got something to say here. So we're going to go, we're going to move through it a bit. I'll make some observations on the way through. I've tried to highlight some stuff in blue. Hopefully it comes up okay. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. First thing you need to know is that the strength for this battle it doesn't come from you. Twice in this verse, it says, be strong in the Lord. It doesn't say be strong in and of yourself. It doesn't say be strong in your money. It doesn't say be strong in your family heritage. It, it says be strong in the Lord. And then just in case you didn't get it there, he's just made it really obvious. And in the strength of your might. No, in the strength of his might. If you want to know how you're going to survive this battle, it's not going to be on the back of how awesome you are. If you think you're the bestest Christian ever, 
and you decide that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and fight this battle in your own strength, you're going to get your butt kicked. I've been saying that a lot, and I mean it. Because the only strength that you can have in your hands that means anything for this battle is the Lord's strength. That should cause you to ask yourself the question, well, how am I going to get me some of that? Let's keep reading. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, it's very easy to now go, a whole armor? Okay. What he means is, what, I'm, what I should do is I should write down every element of, every, of the armor in this analogy, and I should say to myself, okay, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I've got the helmet of salvation on today and the breastplate of uh, righteousness on today, and I've got to... It doesn't mean whole armor as in the emphasis on making sure you've got the complete list. I think the emphasis is actually on the word of God here. Put on the whole armor of God. That means God has something prepared for you for this battle, don't leave any of it on the table. We shouldn't go from, from that little phrase and, and say, you know what, I'm going to be epic at not forgetting one single thing in this armor. What we should do is go, ah, oh, I know where I need to go to get this. It's God. Put on the whole armor of God, all of it. You're going to need it. Let's keep moving through. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil... For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the uh, authorities, against cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Have you ever seen an older brother be mean to a younger brother? <laughs> I, I was the older brother. <laughs> and I've now seen Charlie and being an older brother. There's this thing that sometimes happens where... Um, they might be sitting on a couch or something like that. The younger brother might be sitting there. And then he goes to stand up and the older brother, just before the balance is there, they kind of just tap them and you have to... I don't know, has anyone done that to you? Like, you know, you kind of go to stand up and someone just taps you and you're like, oh. And you go to stand up and it's, oh. I could do that all night. No, I couldn't. It actually hurt my legs. Um, the reason I bring that up is because I think that's a, a great picture of what Paul is talking about here when it comes to schemes of Satan. And standing, you see how it started? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You want to know what Satan's like in your life? He's like an older brother just waiting for you to start to stand. And he's just going to push you back down. That's honestly what he's like. Satan has plans to smash you. Satan has plans in this battle to take you out. He's not an idiot. He's really, really powerful. And he's really, really crafty. His lies kind of look like truth. Satan can kick your butts. How are you going to stand? You will know areas, probably in the last week, where Satan's been at you. I know areas where Satan's been at me. How on earth are we going to stand when we have this supernatural being ready to just, and he's got plans, right? Schemes, ready to take you out, and he's just waiting there. It's like, ah, oh, that person's starting to make progress in their fa- Push him back down. This is tough. This is big. This battle is not one that you can win on your own. I don't think Paul was writing this to kind of be 
clever or nice or kind of cool. Oh, what a cool analogy I'll put together. No, no, he's writing this because of many, many, many times where he's gone to and he's felt Satan pushing him and he's realized what it takes to stand. God realizes that what it's going to take for you to overcome Satan's schemes is not for you to rely on yourself, but for you to rely on God, for you to get strength from Him somehow. Verse 13, there's some repetition in here. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Again, there's that emphasis there, whole armor of God. And I don't think it's right for us to go away, write our list and make sure we don't forget one. I think this is emphasis on what type of armor you're going to need. I went and saw the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, Spider-Man packed uh, one of his normal kind of suits uh, in this movie. And it's like just, you know, spandex. It's like, well, yeah, that's not going to do you much good. But then he had access partway through the movie to, sorry, spoilerish alert, sorry. Um, he had part, access partway through the movie to this other armor that Iron Man built him. With all these kind of little electrical things that were going to help him out in the battle. And it's like... The thing that he was fighting against, he wasn't going to conquer them in spandex. The spandex wasn't going to cut it. He needed something bigger and better and fit for the task. The fit for the task armor in your, your Christian life isn't something that comes from you. You need your Iron Man. You need God to give you this armor. And when he does, you need to pick it up. You need to put it on. Now, there's a big list here, and rather than spend a heap of time going through the list, I think it would be more advantageous to go through it pretty quick, and if the Spirit sort of taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, there's something here in this one, or something here in that one, you should go away and you should investigate what that might be, you should pray it through. I'll let you know as we go through which one God, I think, was tapping me on the shoulder with, but I just want to emphasize again. This list is not here for you to make a cool poster. <laughs> this list is here as an example of the stuff that God's armor is, that it has for you. And it's not exhaustive and it's not meant to be. For Paul to sit there and write down everything that God's got for you in your armory, <laughs> he'd be gone forever and he'd need to be down to like the, I don't know, the, the eyebrow protector of truth or, or something else. There's no love in this list. Paul's not trying to be exhaustive here. He's just giving examples. Let's, listen, let's look at some of his examples. The belt of truth down there in verse uh, 14. You know what Satan's coming at with you? Lies. You need to know God's truth to be able to conquer Satan's lies. What's another one? The breastplate of righteousness. You know that it's only in God that you have the capacity to do anything right at all? If you think you somehow graduate once you're a Christian, then you can go over here and just nail life, just get right decision after right. It doesn't work like that. Every day you're reliant upon every right action to come out of the strength that God provides for you. Righteousness doesn't come from you just nailing your Christianity. It comes from God. This is one, the next one in verse 15 there. As shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace... Might come back to that one. That's the one that sort of stuck out to me a little bit. What about the shield of faith? What's faith? It's trusting not in yourself but in God. 
when you place your faith in God, when you wake up in the morning, you go, who am I going to trust today? Who am I going to get guidance from today? Who am I going to walk out the commands of today? Will it be myself or will it be God? Will it be activated trust in Him? Faith, the shield of faith. What about salvation? To know yourself as a saved person so that when Satan comes up to you and goes, you're not really saved. You're just pretending. You, know, you go to church with all of these people and you might even raise your hands, but you know that you're nothing. You need the salvation of God as proclaimed in his gospel, the promises of God that tell you that if you have placed your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of, the, of your sins, you are saved. You need to wake up tomorrow morning and tell yourself that so when Satan's coming at you with the opposite, you can say, no, 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 that ain't truth. I'm a saved person. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Scriptures, the Word of God. How good is that? Of course we need it. It's like the, the big one. This is, this is the one that helps us unlock all of these other things to, to, to learn that they even exist, to connect us with, uh, with the truth, the gospel. Interesting that there's two people holding this sword or two things holding this sword, isn't it, right? It, it's meant to be the armor that we're picking up and that we're putting on, so we've got the sword of the Spirit. It's like, no, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. <laughs> Very interesting. It's like in the Spirit's hands, he's got the Scriptures and he's going... So if you want to know what the Spirit's doing in your life, I suggest to you that you don't run too far away from this. There's plenty of people that would consider themselves spiritual Christians who hear from the Lord with lots of different things. And I would caution anybody that thinks that they're going to move too far away from this and still have a vibrant relationship with Jesus because it just doesn't work like that. This is the sword of the Spirit. The, sword, the Spirit's going to do any good work for you, protecting you for this battle. He's probably going to use this, given it's His sword. <laughs> the one that I said, stood out to me was that, that one at the top of verse 15 there. As shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. I love the concept of gospel readiness. And what, what gospel is it? It's the gospel of peace. And this world is hurting and this world is broken. And my guess is you guys experience it in your own lives on a daily basis. If you ask yourself, how are you going to get peace? Again. You can't get it in and of it yourself. You, you need to look to the truth that is in the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the one that reconciles you to God. God is at enmity with those who have not been reconciled to Him. The world is full of people who cannot have true peace in their heart because they don't know God. And what does He say should be? part of our, our weapon, part of it, I think it's, it's almost like it's evangelism. It's like readiness to travel with this gospel of peace and go, here, this is what you need. Here, this is what you need. The, the concept of gospel readiness and knowing the gospel well, living the gospel well, has been really important to me over recent times. I found myself doing a heap of crazy stuff that I really tried hard to stay away from, uh, particularly in regards to the, the plant out of Palara. You know, God said, I want you to go and I want you to be my witness and I want you to do it in a school. 
And as part of that journey, I found myself sitting as president at PNC meetings with people throwing this really random stuff at me. And I'm like, huh? What? It, you know, th- that's anti-peace to me. I don't like admin. I'm not great at admin. But I'm sitting in this place because I feel like God has orchestrated things for me to be able to sit there. And now I'm, I'm needing to be ready with answers to questions that are like curly and weird and could be destructive to our, our witness to Jesus and other things. And I need, I need those crafty Jesus-y answers, things like give to Caesar what is Caesar's. <laughs> you remember with the coins? Man, I need that. And I ask myself the question, how am I going to be prepared? What's the gospel? I, I, I'm, the more I drink up the gospel, the more I am prepared to respond to all sorts of random stuff when I'm on mission for Him. The shoes of gospel readiness was one that stuck out to me. What's sticking out to you? I'd, I'd encourage you, go home, pray that through. Let's keep looking at verse 18 here. I think this is really, verse 18 is talking about accessing the cabinet. <laughs> you know, like if the armor's there, and the armor's ready to be given, and you ask yourself the question, well, how am I going to get me some of that? You know, where can I get me some of that? I think verse 18 is where it's starting to get into this thing. And it's this thing called prayer. If you want to understand how you're going to unlock the armor of God in your life, and how you're going to actually delve deep into it. It's not going to be on the back of you just trying harder. It's going to be on the back of God giving it to you. God will give you this armor. So if you think you're going to get it without prayer, without relating to God, I think you might be mistaken. Let's have a look at what Paul says in verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. Supplication is a funky way to say asking. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications, not just for yourself, but all the saints. And then Paul says, hey, I'm one of all the saints. Pray for me, that words might be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, which has been earlier in Ephesians, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This prayer, this um, seeking out God, by speaking with Him, by reading His Word. This is how you are not going to get your butt kicked. (laughs) This is very, very important. Paul hasn't told you to go away and put the poster on your wall. He's told you to go away and pray and read the Scriptures. To do the work of drinking up more of God. He hasn't just told you to do it for yourself either. You see, if you look around, there's actually a lot of people on this battlefield. <laughs> I'm on the battlefield. You know, I spoke to somebody this morning I hadn't spoken to in a while, a very old lady in our morning congregation. And she said to me, I made a commitment a while ago, Jeff. And I said, well, what was that? Some strange thing to say to me. She said, I committed to pray for you and your family every single day, and I haven't broken that commitment. I almost started to cry. This is a lady who knows what it's like to be on this battlefield, who isn't getting her butt whipped, who is going to God and asking her for strength for her own fight, but also asking for strength for my fight. 
And she's not asking my mum to make me better at it. She's asking God. Because if I'm going to not get my butt kicked, it's going to be on the back of God helping me. I've taken up His armour and His strength and not my own. And so your prayers for your brothers and your sisters, they're valuable because it's got to come from God. Talk to God. If you see a friend or a brother or a sister struggling in the Lord, talk to God about them lots. Pray it up for them. In Ephesians 3, we talked about these prayers for the inner life of people. Pray those kind of prayers. Look back at Ephesians 3 if you have to get some ammo for it in your life. And the other cool thing in this little section that we've got highlighted there is, is just what um, Paul's asking for prayers for. I mean, I don't know if you noticed there, but the dude's in prison. And he's like, can you just pray that I might crank up my boldness factor? <laughs> you know, like, his boldness factor got him in the clink. And he says, I just, need, I just need a bit more. Would you pray for me? I love that. It's so cool. So pray that other people might be able to share that gospel of peace with others. They might be able to declare it boldly. Verse 21. So that you may also know how I am and what I'm doing. Remember that what we're reading here is a letter. He's writing it to the Ephesians. He's in prison. People are probably worried about him. And this is what he says, so that you may also know how I am and what I'm doing. Titus, you know what it is. The beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. I reckon if you sidled, I don't know what the word is, sidled, sidled up to Paul and you sat there next to him and you said, hey, Paul, you talked about this battle. I just want to know how you think you're doing in it because let me just add a few things here. Uh, You're in prison uh, and it doesn't look like from the bystander that you're doing very well. And Paul says, oh no, I'm doing great. (laughs) In fact, I've got this whole guy who I'm going to send to you to let him know how great I'm doing. I mean, I can't go myself because I'm in the clink, but I'll send Tychicus to you and he's going to encourage your hearts with the stories he's going to tell about how well this battle is going. And if you ask yourself the question, well, how did Paul get that battle going really well? I think you'd know by reading Ephesians where he's at with the Lord, what he thinks about the Lord, the truth that he has access to in the Lord. What he's, what he's got as far as salvation and righteousness and readiness for the gospel of peace. See, Paul's a dude that's a warrior in this battle. And the warriors should encourage us, like the lady encouraged me this morning by just saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Oh, warriors, love them. Paul didn't do that by his own strength. If there's one thing you get out of this, you need to know that if you're waking up in the morning, you're just thinking you're going to nail your Christianity by rolling out some church and life groups and stuff like that. You're not. Your Christianity, I just said off Siri, did I? So it's all good. Um, your Christianity needs to come on the back of the richness of your relationship with God. You can't put on the whole armor of God if you know nothing of it. Flip over to the next um, slide there. Go to the one after as well. If we had to sum it all up, 
I don't think it would be Paul's message really in Ephesians is all about putting on this crackerjack set of armor and memorizing the list and making sure each morning you say, have I got my righteousness? Yeah, I've got my righteousness. Have I got my helmet? Yeah, I've got my helmet. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, you're in a battle. Don't suffer from battlefield amnesia here. Don't think you're going to get up and it's all going to be fine and dandy because there's somebody waiting to push you down. He's saying, you're in a battle. Be aware of that. And if you are going to succeed at it, it's not going to be out of your strength. It's going to be out of God's strength. So I think, if you had to sum it all up, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Now the question comes, how do we do that? I'm not going to tell you anything rocket science here. But I am going to say that I think you're all smart enough to know the difference between rocking up at church without caring that you're even here to learn anything about God and about rocking up at church just longing to drink and invest in your relationship with Him. I think it's the same when you approach the Scriptures tomorrow. I think it's the same whether or not you're in a life group or not, the way that you approach His Word and and His people. You need to genuinely want to engage with God And if you don't, pray. Ask the Lord to change your heart because there's no other way to succeed in this battle. That's it. You're going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And we're going to have some options with what to do with our time, with our life. We're going to aim our desires in a certain place and go for something. I would encourage you, aim for Christ. Aim for Jesus. The connection point that you need to access all of this armor that you need for this battle that is really going on is Christ. So when you wake tomorrow, I beg you, find yourself at the foot of the cross saying, I'm sorry. I've tried to do it in my own strength and now I need yours. There is no other way. There's no other way. Repentance, faith, life, the Spirit, readiness, salvation, it all comes through being connected with the Father through Christ. So if, I don't know how tomorrow morning is going to look, I don't know how tonight's going to look for you. I just beg you, don't leave this on the shelf. Paul didn't write it for fun. He didn't write it to go on walls. He wrote it to go in your heart. He wrote it to stop you getting your butts whipped. So take this stuff seriously. Stop aiming your desire cannons at everything else but God, because God is the only thing you need. I'm going to pray that God will help us all do that. I mean it when I pray it. We need this, guys. Let's pray. Father, would you help us? Please. We don't ask you for help because, you know, we should. We, we ask you for help because we want it. Lord, you reveal to us the truth that we're actually in a battle with supernatural forces and powers. We can't overcome by ourselves. And Father, that's kind of scary. But it's not so scary when we see what you've got on the table for us.
And so I pray, Lord, that you might help us find it, that you might help us find you, that you might keep us pouring over the foot of the cross each and every day, coming again to repentance, knowledge that we are a sinner and that we're in need of you. And, oh, Lord, would you transform us? Would you help us roll our days where we can genuinely say we are living righteously? Would you help us roll our days where we can genuinely say we trust you? Would you help us roll our days where we genuinely know that we are a saved person in God's family? Oh, Father, there is so much on the table for us, and I pray we would not leave it there. So by your Spirit, we pray, help us. Help us find it. Help us carry it. Help us put it on. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.